0: and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 12 and I am delighted to bring you colourful Colombia. Oh my, like if anybody has been to Colombia you know what I'm talking about. It is just amazing. It has everything, everything like oh and there's so much colour Salsa, coastline, mountains, desert, just like, uh, it's, it's hard to sum up Colombia. And the people, the people are what make it. They are unbelievable. Like, their hearts are so big that, I don't know, at times I was like, are you serious, like, you're actually offering me to come and, like, stay in your house for good? <laughs> like, they were so hospitable they were like family like I'd literally walk down the streets and within two seconds talk to somebody and I'd nearly be in their house and happened to me so many times like they're amazing people anyway that's just a little intro of course I am going to talk about the biodiversity as well that I saw and I actually asked in my polls today about whether I should split up the next location which is in fact Colombia because I spent quite a while there like a few months and I did so many things there that I just feel it would be too rushed to put it into one episode um, because when I think back now when I did Mexico at the beginning like I could have really done a few episodes on Mexico um, and there probably is places I missed there as well so I think it's best to just break it up. So today I'm going to start with the coastline of Colombia where I would have arrived in in the sailboat and if you missed last week then go back and listen. You can't miss the San Blas Islands like you can't miss that. Anyways I came in off the San Blas Islands into Colombia after two days open sailing the ocean and we docked into the harbour in Cartagena so that's where I started my journey up the coastline. First of all Before we get into the adventures, I would like to say a thank you, a massive thank you to my Patreon subscribers because this week I got a notification. So it's like an app you download, the Patreon app. So I would get notifications off my patrons or if anybody new has signed up um, and one of my patrons doubled her pledge and I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing like it really puts a lot of value on my work and I'm so happy to be able to do these podcasts and share my knowledge experiences and and such yeah like valuable information that people need to know about really and just that there's value put on that by you the listener it it really means a lot to me and it means also that I can survive (laughs) like I can pay my bills so thank you so much Regina I did not expect that and I am so so grateful so let's begin as I said the first place I arrived in was Cartagena this is like a port town that you arrive into in northern Colombia and it's actually very well built and when you arrive there yeah you're in like a city you know it's a colonial city and very popular with tourists so when you walk around there like everything's it's it's very built up like it's it's beautiful and there's beautiful paintings on the streets and it's very vibrant and lots of history there's a lot of it's actually a walled kind of city so um very historical where the invaders would have come in so you can read all about that um online if you wish to see the old history there with spanish colonial empire and yeah it's it's very unique and interesting and I spent some of the nights you know kind of walk walking the fortress and it was very close as well to Christmas when I landed in it was the first week of December I remember and I remember at the time I was like oh my god where will I spend Christmas you know because I was alone and I, I was like I really wanted to be somewhere that was like special or just where I would feel at home you know so Colombia was definitely the best choice and I couldn't have arrived in at a better time so I spent like the first week or so in Cartagena in the December so all around the city there was these massive lights kind of celebrating I suppose the Christmas season and yeah it was beautiful and it, and it was a little bit strange as well because I'd come off the boat and, and as I mentioned before like I had no wi-fi for the week so and, you know, I had been visiting these islands that had no people on them, eating off the sea and just completely disconnected from the modern world. So arriving in there, it was like, whoa, uh, lots of buildings and lots of people and lots of dancing. So we, we actually had a fantastic time. We, we went out and we did salsa and there was just like music on the streets and it was so vibrant and I remember we passed one cafe and it was like a hugging cafe and they were trying to hug us outside and I was like what's going on like we'd just come off the boat like meeting indigenous people and and then we come in here and they're trying to hug us on the streets I was like huh let's get back <laughs> but no it was funny um so you have all actually it's so funny when you visit all these countries you have all sorts of cafes and unique kind of cultures going on um but I remember visiting as well like a cat cafe and the place was full of cats so Maybe some of you have visited and in Asia, when I think back to Asia, as well like some of the cafes I visited there such unique things going on around the world, you know, like not like regular coffee shops, like sort of random things going on inside there. But yeah, it's just funny. So if you want to sit down and enjoy your coffee in peace, don't go to a hogging cafe or don't go to a cat cafe or a robot cafe. Um, but yeah, that's another story. So we just spent really the week in Cartagena kind of settling in in the hostel and getting used to a vibrant city life again and salsa and and yeah, nights out. That's kind of what we were doing. And then we made a plan. So when I say we, I actually met a girl on the boat, Laura, from Finland and she was so lovely and we just immediately clicked And we had some great adventures on the boat for the week. So we decided we'd just hang. We'd just hang out. And she said to me, like, why don't I just come with her up the coastline? And I had no plan, like, at the time. It was funny because I've been been taking, like, downloads of my photos and data that I have from the trip, obviously, to recall what I did. Um, Because I can't just come on here and talk, you know. Like, I have to kind of recap my memory as well. But I was watching a video last night. And it's so funny, because I was with Laura in a cafe having the most amazing Colombian coffee. Um, And you'd get like a cafe tinto and it'd be so cheap, like, you know, a dollar. But like we were talking, I remember in the cafe and I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, what am I doing? And it was like December, you know, and I was like, where am I going? (laughs) And then like people at home were like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. But yeah, it's it's beautiful actually way to live, just to live in the flow state and allow life to take you, you know. So that's what I learned from that, just just to stay in flow. And in the end then, Lauda was going up the coast and I said, sure, I'll just go along with you then. And it was also really nice because it was like my brain could like rest a little bit. Because as you know, like I had planned to visit all these like magical natural wonders and unesco sites and yeah just i had a plan like kind of a rough plan of where i wanted to go but it was just so nice just to relax a bit for a couple of weeks and hang with laura and she kind of took the lead then i was like look i'll just go to these parks that you're going to and i would i wanted to see them as well you know so it, was, it worked perfectly um, so the first place we went to was Minka. Now some of you may have been to Colombia but Minka is like very famous for coffee and cacao and you may ask me because yesterday somebody asked me what is cacao? So actually in Ireland now it's become huge like there's all these cacao ceremonies it's, it's so beautiful that the plant has made it here and it's it's providing like healing and a source of satisfaction for people, you know, because I believe anything that comes from the earth has some ability to um, look after us because essentially that's where we're from. We're made of all the same things, so it's beautiful that we can do that and what I did there was coffee farm tours, cacao farm tours and also did some quad biking up the mountains that was crazy absolutely crazy um jumping into waterfalls and like oh my god like what they do on the waterfalls like I know I'm quite an adrenaline junkie but like oh my like I remember going up one of the waterfalls and the guys were like on hammocks swinging off of hammocks that were like you know I don't know 15 meters high or 20 and like they're literally swinging up in the air and i was like oh my like how do they even build that like they've built it across the trees but like you know imagine two big trees on either side of a waterfall and they would like crawl into the center and the hammocks above it like i was like oh my god like those trees don't even look like they're gonna stand the hammock but i'll never forget like the fear in me when i saw them and i was like oh my god and that's what you realise as well when you go to all these places in the jungles and the forest. You see the people who live, they live like the jungle way. You know, like Tarzan? Like, a lot of people you meet, like, they're they're super skilled. And, like, we're all adapted. That's what I find so fascinating about the planet. Like, we're all adapted to our environments, you know? Like, that's the way species develop. Like, they, they're adapted to their environment. So, when I meet these people who've grown up in the jungle, it's just like this is actually insane. Like, you know, you're the same as me. Like we're both like homo sapiens. Yet you can just climb up all these trees super agile, super fast and just climb across a rope and just, I just like sometimes I was blown away by the ability of people, you know. And actually this week as well, I shared on my story on Instagram about the Philippines because this time four years ago, I was in the Philippines and I remember seeing the guys diving there and I was like, holy moly like the depths to which they dive no equipment and the breath holes I was just like astonished and again like you see that we are adapted to our environment so there's people around the world like fish people and they can do that it's fascinating like it's absolutely amazing and like anytime I talk about the water I just I kind of go off on a little tangent because the water is like the best um but one more thing actually is coming to my mind now Like, humans actually, there's a lot of theories out there about humans and the sea and how we're adapted for the sea. Like, we have the mammalian reflex with the breath. We also have, we don't really have much hair on our skin. Like, you look at other animals, mammals, like, they have a lot of hair. Um, They're so, like, you can look it up online, like, the articles on it. It's so interesting how human beings are from the sea and how we're built to be in the sea as well. Um, but they say due to like survival of the fittest and all that that we eventually came on to land um, it's really interesting it's so interesting and even some people like their eyes like they have developed a way to actually see they can see clearer underwater like that's how much time they spend in the water I just think it's it's absolutely crazy and even in some of these cultures they can just go in and catch the fish like with their mouth or even with their hand like they're super skilled and then you look at some of the western culture and like we're in the city block in the cement block house and like we're going to the shop buying vegetables and we don't even know what they look like it's just crazy when you look at the the different ways of living across the world um i think it's amazing um but hopefully with this podcast i can help i can help you i can help me i can help all of us to kind of understand again our essence and where we're from and just learning again about the natural world because even for me like with my plants now I'm learning and learning and learning how they look and I'm even I'm even understanding now about the leaves like which leaf is belong to which plant because I have so many seedlings on the go that sometimes I'm like oh and the label say if I lost the label or something I'm like "Oh, oh what what seedling is that which which seed but luckily now I'm actually getting really good at the leaves this year I'm like yes I'm learning so anyway let's get back to the story Minka so Minka is like a mountainous jungle location and as I said it's coffee farms cacao farms and you have the most amazing bird life so any birders out there you would love Minka although I had actually gone up there with Laura I ended up like separating from her because there was like you know me i was like booking accommodation literally when i would arrive at places i did this so much like really bad it's like i just caused myself my own stress you know but i was i was really like go oh, with the flow but anyway i ended up at another location down our super long boring you could call it and i had to be dropped down there in a bike and it was an amazing house like in the middle of the jungle waterfalls all around it like you know when you look out the window you just see trees massive trees and you couldn't see anything else no buildings nothing just complete immersion in trees and like when you go to sleep at night like and you would be looking at the window and you're just like immense forestry and foliage is just amazing and then in the morning you'd wake up and the the birds would be going off and uh, the bird the amount of birds there was unreal And you'd see a lot of birders there with super class photography and just equipment with them, I suppose. But yeah, it was just amazing. And while I was in that house, I met three Colombians. They were so nice. And they were like, what are you doing here alone? I I used to get this all the time, like obviously, because it wasn't really normal to have a girl alone there. And I was like, oh, I'm traveling like a bit. I've come to Colombia for a few weeks wink wink like i used to make it up all the time i'm just here for two weeks uh, studying in spanish (laughs) and they were like no you can't be here alone just come with us and i'd always kind of suss people out so like i'd check what kind of stuff they had with them and just kind of get a feel for them because you never know as i always say you never know who you're dealing with but i had a good feeling about them and they were quite young and they were lovely and they really wanted to hang out with me like they were like you're not being here on your own like you're just coming with us and I was like okay even though like I'm I'm way older than you but okay so I ended up hanging out with them and we had a great laugh and then Lauda was up in another place like a yoga kind of house um a lot of these locations well had like yoga retreats and all that so she was up there and another Finnish girl joined and then we ended up meeting another Finnish girl so it was just me and three Finnish it was quite funny um yeah it's quite interesting that we like you know you think of finland and and you don't meet many of them around the world and then i had like three in one week i was like oh i'm just hanging with three finish in one week so that was quite interesting i suppose the two main things we did there were the quad bike day up to the coffee and cacao farm and then i did a day where i visited like well it's it's said to be the largest hammock in the world or the second largest hammock so the coffee and cacao farm was the quad bike day and we took off up the mountains. It was actually like, the way we were driving, it was treacherous. Like we were all over the place. I was like, this is legit not safe. But I survived. I survived every time on those quad bikes and motorbikes. Oh my God, like if you saw the way we were driving, like it was not legal. Anyways, um, we got up to the coffee and cacao farm and I met the most amazing Bill toucan. Um, I don't know if you've seen a toucan before but they're super colorful bright and actually it's just so typical of Colombia Because Colombia is so vibrant. The people are so vibrant. The colors all around the country and the cities, the salsa It's so vibrant and this bird when you look at its beak. Oh my god. It's just stunning So look it up on the internet and um, the keelbill toucan absolutely amazing, but like he wasn't very nice So he was like on the farm and they were like oh you can feed him papaya and like I'm always a bit cautious getting close to wildlife because I don't want to disturb them and you know like in a lot of cases humans get too close to wildlife so I was a bit cautious I was like are you sure like we're supposed to be feeding him but yeah I kind of got close with him and he was kind of nice but he kind of gave me a peck as well and yeah it's kind of interesting. And then we explored some of the coffee roasting. We went out amongst the trees and we got to see the cacao growing off the tree. So if any of you are unfamiliar, it's like, it's basically where your chocolate comes from. So it grows on a tree and you see on the tree these kind of slender kind of, oh, you could almost hold them in your hand. They're like pods. And then you can, normally they use like a machete and they open it up obviously this is the fruit of the tree so a lot of the times nature will try to protect itself so you need very you know strong equipment to open them um kind of like the coconut as well like oh my god like i remember on my trip using all sorts of things trying to open coconuts oh my god nature at its best super super resistant anyways so we got to go around the trees and we saw them take down like pull off the pods and then open up the pods and we got to see like all the pulp and the cacao beans inside so the beans are like the seeds and they're extracted basically and they're roasted and grinded and then you can either like you know make a lot of people drink cacao and a lot and then it can be made into cocoa powder as well which is a more kind of processed version and what we did on the day was we actually well we tasted it for one and you know when it's when it doesn't have any additives or anything that it's quite bitter like it is strong also depending on the tree and where it's grown it's part of the evergreen tree so it really depends on where it's grown and, and the soil and all of that but yeah and then we did like a face face mask kind of ceremony I don't know what you'd call it but it was so funny like I never had so much fun we basically had like the melted cacao, grinded, and then we got to see all the old equipment, it was super cool. Um, I presume they don't use that equipment really in, in the modern world because obviously chocolate and all of that is so in such high demand. I'm sure they're using mass machines, but we got to see the really old equipment where they turn the kind of thing, like kind of like a wheel, they kind of turn it at the side with their arm. And underneath then you have like a fire and yeah, super cool and really intimate experience. So I'd really advise you to do it if you can and learn really where chocolate does come from. And yeah, we did the mask and on the face and it was so funny because the boys, you know, the boys were quite macho and they were just like, oh, it's not like makeup. And you're just like, ah, go on, put it on. So we all went out and we had like this brown kind of mask on and then it dried up in that you know, that Caribbean sun, super hot there. Um, But surprisingly, actually in Minka, it's a little bit less hot because there's a cloud forest and yeah, it's a bit more mountainous. So it's higher up and it's a little bit cooler, but you know, it's still, it's still boiling for me. So after that, we kind of explored the jungle a bit more and we we walked across the bamboo bridges and actually met some kids as well in the jungle and i think they thought it was a little bit weird this gringa that's what they were calling me like this blondie girl walking around with like this face full of chocolate uh a bit weird but anyways they they were asking me for like sweets and stuff and then i could hear their mom like they lived in the jungle and the mom was like never ask don't ask the gringa for sweets and all of this. And I was like, Do you want them? Like, because I had no problem. Like, I had Oreos in my bag. I was like, Do you want some? And, and they were like, Oh, we don't know. We don't know. They didn't know. Could they take it, you know? And I'll never forget their little faces. And I got a lovely photo with them as well. And they had a dog with them. And yeah, so lovely to meet them. But I had no problem to give them the sweets, like, you know? But yeah. But you know, as well, what I learned on my trip was that. They would always try to protect the tourist, in that, like tourism for these kind of countries is so important. Like they rely heavily on tourism, and like many of these economies now have just collapsed, and the locals their their income has just gone to zero. Like they can't survive, and um, because tourist is tourism is such a big thing. So like for me, give I understand why the mom was like stop asking the girl for sweets or money or whatever because, obviously if that was a normal person or a tourist or whatever they might think like oh my god like why are they asking me for money or sweets like and then they might like you know tell a story about that and then it might it might make people not go there which would stop tourism and I saw that in many countries they would really protect the tourist I was protected really well in some places like I know as well guys I did have a lot of dangers but on the main part like people were just amazing and they really looked after me um yeah like they wouldn't want to like obviously in some places they tried to rip you off but in other places people like stood up for me they were like stop charging her more like she's a local and I did that in many places I would say like I'm a local give me the local price well that was in places that I stayed like you know over a month or so I'd be like I'm a local now <laughs> so I'd just be like a local and have all the customs and have all the slang and they'd be like oh she really is <laughs> so that was kind of funny which is changing my identities but anyway so we kind of went through this jungle and in the end I kind of, kind of gave him one or two Oreos and we went on our way on the path and then we made it to a waterfall. And as I just said earlier, like the hammocks, they were mad. They were actually mad like up in the hammocks. I was like, I actually can't believe this. And we jumped off like one of the highest heights on the, on the waterfall. like and, and like you can imagine the pavements as well. It's kind of limestone pavement, so it's actually quite slippy. So like, oh my God, the fear at times... And I'll actually be honest with you, like, when I started the trip up, like, in Texas and Mexico and all that, like, when I first started jumping off things, like, I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, like, you know, I'd only jumped off, like, maybe two metres in Ireland. <laughs> and then the things I was jumping off over there, like, holy God, I don't know. It was very brave. I, I guess just little by little I built it up and, and I got rid of the fear, do you know? So after the waterfall, the next day, or the following days, we decided to go up to the hostel called Casa Elemento so you can actually look that up in google as well if you like and just get a visual of what it looks like and this is the place with the largest hammock or second largest however people want to say it but yeah it was super cool and definitely worth the visit like the mountain range where I was in Minca is called the Sierra Nevada and it's absolutely stunning and you can see just you just see lush jungle everywhere and it looks like it just looks like it's so protected you know you know when you think of like capital kind of culture and big cities with skyscrapers when you go there like you're like wow it's just endless trees and it's just super super stunning and again as I said like the bird life this is birds everywhere so definitely definitely worth a visit and they say as well like the views from the hammock are like one of the best in the world and and i can honestly say that like we went up there for the sunset and it was absolutely stunning but it's kind of like you pay for like an entrance and then you can kind of wander around in the jungle and visit all the different hammocks and yeah you can fit about 15 people on that hammock it's pretty class and it's just like serene it's just amazing um i'll never forget that sunset And then that night, like, we had to go back down to the village. I had to get back to my place that was in the middle of the jungle. And I did not not know how I would get there. But eventually, like, it was black, dark, like, I remember. And there was four of us, me and the other three Colombians. And I was like, how are we going to get back? Like, there was no taxis going. We started walking in the jungle. We got lost. Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. Like, we went up all the wrong roads. It was like getting to 10 p.m. and, like... Oh my God. But you know, these are like local people so that they wouldn't hurt you or anything. But eventually these motorbikes came and I literally was like, stop. And we kind of like offered them a price, whatever, $10. And it was so funny because like there was like three on each motorbike. (laughs) Oh my God, it was so funny. There was me and two guys on one motorbike. And like, I'll never forget, it was so painful like going back because the man that was driving was like an old kind of guy. And, you know, he was kind of, yeah he kind of was taking up quite a bit of the bike and like we were squished at the back like it was so painful i'll never forget it like i was literally hanging off the side and i'd know where to put my feet it's so like imagine going down the hills of a mountain all the bumps all the dirt tracks like that's what minkas dirt roads and like my legs i couldn't put them on the the place where you rest them because there was no space there was three of us on it so my legs were up in the air Oh, my God. Like, it was so painful. Like, oh, my God. The bumpy, bumpy, bumpy for, like, 10 minutes in the dirt road. And never forgetting off getting off the bike, I was like, I actually can't walk. Can't walk? But anyway, that's the joys of travel and all the different transports we take. So funny. So just to kind of finish up on Minka, it is actually a UNESCO biosphere reserve. So it's protected and it is a prime location for endemism. So, like, as I said before, there's so many endemic species of Colombia that are just present in Colombia in that space so it's very 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 unique and just to put a note about the coffee like they have different ranges of coffee there as well you have like standard coffee then you have like special kind of supreme coffee that's practiced you know where they pay the farmer the correct wage and then you might have the social responsibility coffee whereby they're trying to improve standards of trading and I suppose practices on the farms and I'll actually be really excited to share the next episode with you because I'm going to talk about um, the farm I worked in there and, and the behind the scenes and on what does go on because I think you will really, really love that. So the second place I visited on the coastline was Tairona National Park and it was absolutely amazing. So we kind of took off in the morning from the local kind of nearby town and we walked for about three hours through like just the most beautiful forestry so the rainforest there is actually super thick and when we hiked that morning it was actually so lovely because it was covering us kind of like a canopy and you know the heat along the Caribbean coast is something else like you actually would be sweating and it's just so rich in biodiversity it's so rich and it's funny because Colombia has like you know about 55 national parks and for many years like some of them are closed because of just stuff going on in the country it wasn't peaceful you know but it's so beautiful there like it's absolutely stunning and along the path you would see like these stunning palm trees and coconuts and lizards and there's coral reefs and the coastline there is just it's just amazing so by the end of the hike What we did was we stayed on like, can you imagine, like kind of like a little cliffside with rocks. I don't know how to kind of explain this. And basically above it there was like a a sheltered kind of roof, kind of a rooftop. And underneath there was all these hammocks. So you could reserve a hammock for the night. So that's what I did. And I think in this special designated area there was about, I'd say maybe... 10 or 12 hammocks so we had like a bird's eye view of the whole ocean and although I didn't sleep much because imagine sleeping on the ocean front and no windbreaker you know it was just like rocking a hammock for the whole night but it it was worth it I mean getting no sleep sometimes is worth it and this kind of place as well was totally away from any sort of modern world so no plugs no wi-fi uh one restaurant And you're just lost in the park. You can also actually do another trek. It was called the Ciudad Perdida. Which is like the lost city where the Kogi people live. So these again are indigenous community. And I actually didn't venture there. But I think that day it was enough for the hike to sleep in the hammock. And then to hike back the next day. And it really is a stunning park. And it has the most beautiful golden sandy beaches. And you can just cool off in the ocean. Um from the the really hot sun and I'll never forget our dinner that night in the hut I was just so glad to sit down and have a meal but it was so busy there like this park is one of the most visited in the whole country because it has everything you know it just has everything and you could actually see jaguars as well but I didn't get to see one I think it might have been just a bit too busy the time I was there um but absolutely stunning and a mesmerizing place and in the morning I got up off the hammock like you know about six and I remember watching the sunrise in the little hut space we were in there was no doors no windows nothing like that and I just watched the open ocean and did some yoga and just beautiful like the the place we were in we paid a bit more like for the hammock it's funny like to pay for a hammock even though the other people had beds you know it's kind of funny uh because normally you wouldn't like you wouldn't be like oh I'll stay in a hammock I'll pay more for that um but yeah it was absolutely stunning and yeah i just i probably wouldn't do it in ireland now because it's a bit cold here but who knows in the summer you never know we might get soaring temperatures but absolutely amazing and as well when i was there like many people used to come up to the hammock area and actually photograph the ocean and, and just the beautiful view from up there and i remember meeting one girl and she was Colombian and I just started chatting to her. And she sat down in the hammock and she was so lovely. And she was amazing. She was like, I was telling her about Chris. We were talking about Christmas. She was like, come to my house for Christmas. We're going to an island and da-da-da. This is what I mean. Like, I'd literally start talking. And then we're like best friends. And we got loads of pictures together. And in the end, I didn't go there for Christmas. I actually went to Medellin. So, yeah, she was so lovely. um, But... That's just the Colombians for yeah, they're bloody amazing people. As well in Tairona National Park, you can see the locals fishing in in kind of the mangrove forests and just going about their daily lives, very basic life. And um, you can also kind of see the people who live in the forestry on the way and you can see their horses and, and maybe even spot some huts. And just very simple way of living, very simple and it really makes you appreciate what you have you know and it taught me a lot as well about possessions and what i need and what i don't need in life and that was actually a funny thing when i returned home i i couldn't believe how much stuff i had i don't i don't even know what to do with all of it you know i was like what will i do with all of this charity shops are a great way um to kind of give something back you know but I just, I couldn't believe how much stuff I had, um, crazy, and how much I can live with, like, I can live with a few things, and it really taught me about, clothing and shoes, and all of that, like, it doesn't, doesn't matter, like, like, that's not what's important in life, it's not, it's actually how you make people feel, and, and how you can serve other people, and, you know, what, what you have, as an integral part of your being, like, like, How you are with people. It's not about all the possessions. And these cultures really taught me a lot lot about that. And it's super hard to escape the consumerism. That we're subject to every day. Unless you're living in a jungle. (laughs) Um, It is. You know. Unless you're going to really be conscious about your behaviours. And what you intake as information. Because the minute you go on. Any news. Any social media. TV. The adverts. Like. It's just it's too much like it's too much for me like I can't watch that stuff because I know what it's doing to my brain now lucky I'm conscious enough to be aware of it but I wasn't probably growing up you know I, I probably believed in that stuff and I had to wear this makeup and that and yeah it's just it's just to be aware of that guys like when you are navigating social media and tv and all of that like think again as to what you're looking at and, and why you may need something or may not need it because you don't need it in the end. What we actually need to do is fill the hole in our soul. Like that's what there is a kind of saying like that, like the hole in the soul. It's kind of like, you know, we came onto the earth complete and full and um, like content, like you look at a baby they're so content and they're so happy and joyful and it actually takes an adult or somebody else to make them unhappy, like they're naturally happy and human beings are actually naturally happy in our natural state but it's just we've been programmed incorrectly. Um, so unless you've escaped programming you will be feeling all the feelings and that's totally fine, you know, um, but what I would say is to try and become aware of it like how you are being influenced and how maybe your mind has been taken advantage of you know because that's what the big businesses are doing and they're very clever like you know they're monitoring everything they know your purchases they know what you're into they give you the ads they you know it's it's crazy like so just try to come back into yourself and understand that you are actually complete and you don't need to buy all that rubbish you know and I I really hope this pandemic has taught people at least a bit about that a bit about values and a bit about what makes you whole and what doesn't because none of that other stuff makes you whole like running around cafes every week and restaurants and going on nights out and pouring all the money down the drain like none that's not really living but that's just my opinion (laughs) Um, and obviously I love to go to a cafe here and there or whatever a nice restaurant but I'm just saying some people for some people I witnessed that who were doing that all the time every week like it must have crushed their world because when everything shut down last year like how are you meant to survive if that's what your satisfaction comes from it's taken away whereas if you know that your satisfaction is actually coming from within you You can alter yourself to any situation. But obviously it takes a lot of work. And that's what the natural world is going to teach you. I'm always going to say that. The natural world will teach you that. Um, Nature is perfect. Nature is complete. Nature is uh, actually imperfect as well as perfect. Um, Every single thing in nature is perfectly imperfect and perfectly unique. And yeah, it's just it's just to become aware of it and I understand what you're feeling during this time and things are changing and things are shifting and I can see a really positive thing happening even though I see fear in a lot of people like I know that coming out of this there's a greater sense of community I can see that in people like even when I go down for my swims people are chatting more people are more caring and kind and they now have the time to do that. So it's actually a beautiful thing what's happening. So don't ever doubt for a second that what's happening shouldn't be. Everything is happening as it should be. And this is the way the flow goes. So just follow the flow and and don't resist. I think that the biggest thing we do is we resist situations and that actually causes suffering, like resisting things. And if I ever find myself, say, I'm feeling anxious about something like it's because I'm resisting it whereas like if you just say okay I actually just accept the situation as it is and I can't change it so let it go let it go and I think they're like one of the one of the best sentences in the world is let it go and after that you have freedom guys I'm on my well-being chat that's what I've ranted about now but I guess it had to come out and I think this week environmentally and well well-being kind of linked I would advise you just to practice some mindfulness in nature so today I was at the beach with my nephews and I spent a good chunk of time actually going through like individual shells like the size of how could you the size of a grain of salt some of them with the most unique patterns and colors and structures and it's absolutely stunning and I guess it just brings you back out of your head and into the present moment where actual happiness can arise Um, because a lot of us are living in our heads in the future in things that don't even exist so if you can kind of just like practice this mindfulness it's so important like I know it's hard at the moment because there's a lot of fear and uncertainty and I understand that completely But just try, like, simple things, like, when you go outside, you know, even, like, lying in the grass. I know people are laughing at me during the week, lying down with the chickens. But, like, that is so, it's such therapy. Like, because you immediately come out of your head. Like, me lying on the grass, and even, like, each individual blade of grass. Like, you know, when you really look into nature. Like, if you look at, you know, I have all my plants now in the window. I'm actually staring at them. And I can see their leaves. Like, you know, they've literally quadrupled in size. Um, you know very quick space of time and I can see all the structures within the leaves like the veins and the and just even how they move like day to day with the sun It's it's absolutely incredible so like just getting out of your head and focusing on something else like today at the beach with the shells it was so amazing just to look at the unique patterns of these amazing shells and so so simple and it can be done and I would advise you to try it try and go into nature and and even like say like the anatomy of a tree and some people might that they might even think of that they might just wander past a tree but like look at the tree like look at the bark on it like each bark is actually different and when you really come down to the finely tuned um I suppose focus and concentration on things you realize how how little you are in this big vast universe and it really that has always allowed me to stay very present and calm because I know that everything is as it should be. And yeah, so let me know this week if you try some mindfulness in nature and how you get on, whether you look at the back of a tree or the veins in a leaf or the kind of structure or patterns in a shell. Just have a look like, and concentrate on something else other than in your head again I would like to say thank you to my patrons who are supporting this podcast if you would like to support the link is in my bio and yeah it's just amazing to have this support and be able to continue making the episodes because this is uh, my source of income and it is very much appreciated Um, your contributions and as I say always it can be It's up to you, really. Um, You might like to treat me to a bar of chocolate or maybe a packet of seeds. I don't know. But it's just a way to say thank you and to help me to continue to do it and, yeah, to survive as well, of course. Um, So thank you so much, guys. I, I really appreciate it, honestly, from the bottom of my heart. And I want to wish you all a beautiful day. And just to assure you that this episode just covered the coastline of Colombia and there were a couple of other spots i did visit but i just thought these unique places i visited deserve the the headlines of the the podcast and in the next episode um we'll we'll venture into the mainland and i think you're going to really enjoy it and i can't wait to tell you about the farm work i done oh it was amazing amazing um so yeah so guys wherever you are in the world right now have an amazing day or night And don't forget to practice the mindfulness in nature. All is well. Let it go. Surrender to the flow. And I will talk to you all very soon. Okay. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful day. Ciao.